Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Sanditon. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley and email us any questions at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another very exciting episode of the Pemberley Podcast. We are recording pretty deep in the world's quarantine time. How are you doing, Yolanda? I'm doing well, and we should also note that we are recording in the safety of our own homes, so we're doing this over Skype. (laughs) This is pretty crazy to me. Normally, Yolanda comes over to my apartment. It's great. There's coffee. We spend a while recording some episodes. Like you're not here. Like you're here, but you're not here. Yeah. So been a lot of a lot of video calls lately in quarantine. So well, and it's crazy. I feel like we should use some of our time here to talk about the fact that we just recently interviewed Crystal Clark, which was a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. and Skype played a very important role in that because she's not coming over to our house or anything. She's on the East Coast. Yeah, I think it was actually great because we had that flexibility to sort out recording through Skype, which we actually we've done before a couple years ago with Hank Green. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, we did that again. So what does your life look like now that you're in quarantine? What's your day to day? What do you do for fun now? What's up? Still thankfully able to work from home. So grateful for that. But in the downtime, I have guitar that I've been practicing more and trying to go on walks when I can. And I've just finished, it's a few years old, but season one of Homecoming, the podcast, oh, okay. um, was really good. Oscar Isaac is one of the actors in that. And I've been like trying to save podcasts for like morning walks. So that's more of a motivator too, to like go out for walks and progress in these podcasts. And I just started the Oh Hello podcast uh, Same. with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll talking about Princess Diana. It's hilarious. I was, I probably looked crazy um, <laughs> laughing while walking. So that's fun. <laughs> That's really funny. No, I mean, it's worth saying again that you and I are both very much in love with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, respectively, and, and together. It's crazy because I am accustomed to driving a lot for my job. Yeah. And I, I too have been trying to take walks. I remember learning in my Jane Austen English class in college that Jane Austen would walk like six miles a day. So I've made that my new goal to walk at least, if not a little more than six miles a day. I've been trying to keep a schedule to myself where I keep normal work hours, finding people to Skype or FaceTime with. I've also sort of gotten a little experimental in my cooking, or at least what I have the ingredients for. I've decided that everyone's going to come out of this experience either like a pretty good cook or like a really weird cook because they had to experiment with whatever materials they had. I saw a video online of this lady making like Japanese pancakes, which are essentially real. Like she called them in the description like souffle pancakes, which were just like tall fluffy, beautiful pancakes. And I was like, I can do that. As it turns out, I cannot do that. Or I felt better reading the comments. Everyone was like, did anyone else try this and definitely not get this? So I do get the impression it's not something you can just make. You have to have the right stuff and you have to know what you're doing. So TBD. I feel like the uh, trying to aim for six miles just like Jane Austen is very on brand. So (laughs) (laughs) that's great. 
Definitely, I feel like the listeners of our podcast would appreciate this more than anyone else in my life. They're just like, wow, six <laughs> miles, that's kind of a lot. I'm like, is it? Jane Austen did this. Anyway, enough about us and our boring lives. Why don't we talk about a TV show all about people hanging out together outside? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's go into episode five, and the PBS description is, Tensions come to a head when young Stringer, desperate for answers, threatens a worker boycott. Again, this is one very small part of the episode. <laughs> it is. But you know what? I, I do think that this is the biggest, like, it's kind of annoying that the PBS descriptions only talk about one character at a time. But I will say this is not an insignificant part of the episode. Um, yeah. I just want to say something really quickly. So last night I was rewatching this episode to refresh my memory and take notes. And I was just like, I wonder what young Stringer looks like in in real life. And so I went to his Instagram and like, I just want everyone to know that he is a new celebrity crush of mine. I sent Yolanda a screenshot of him with a pup. And I was just like, I don't want to impose, but like, here you go. (laughs) His name is Leo Sutter. He's very Uh handsome. Very handsome. And yes, the dog is also very adorable. So the main thing of this episode, really, there's a lot of different things always happening, but now we're seeing things progress. Charlotte really, after seeing a heartbroken Georgiana previously, she's decided to help their love letters continue. And so even though Georgiana can't go out and deliver these letters or send them through the post, Charlotte's been the one helping these two young young kids fall in love still. Charlotte is walking a fine line because I would like to point out I'm the only one who thought of this and it's fine, but she's like skipping along in the morning in her pink coat, which was very Midge Maisel. And then she shows up at Georgiana's house with a book telling Miss Griffiths, who thinks she can trust Charlotte after what happened in the last episode. Keep in mind, we're coming fresh off of Charlotte unknowingly assisting Otis and Georgiana have an all day, all barely chaperoned date together. And so Mm -hmm. she's on thin ice with Sydney as it is. She's no longer like a double agent. She's not to be trusted. And she's like, fine, if you don't trust me, you don't trust me. And then she slips her the letter and she's a spy and I'm here for it. She was trying to be on Sydney's side, but I think after seeing how Sydney is trying to keep Otis and Georgiana apart with, from her perspective, no real reason she's like no i'm fully back on team georgiana and otis and she's not working for sydney anymore i mean we've also just come from learning that sydney had some dealings with the slave trade and so we're fresh off of assuming he's a huge racist and we hate him that that too then in the next scene lady denim just stops by esther and edward's house completely unannounced very spanish inquisition of her that's a famous clip from Monty Python that I will post. Can you explain that? Yes, I can. Monty Python is like a British comedy sketch show. They did a very famous sketch called the Spanish Inquisition, where basically these guys dressed as the Spanish Inquisition from like Renaissance Spain would just barge into rooms and they'd be like, we weren't expecting you. And they're like, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's the joke, but it's pretty funny. (laughs) So she just stops by and she's like, hey, Esther, I just wanted to let you know, I wrote to Lord Babington. To what end? To assure him that you are delighted at his attentiveness. 
It seems I must take matters into my own hands. And even even in the last episode, Edward was like, yeah, you need to get married. And that broke her heart because she was like, oh, I thought we could get married, but okay. Yeah, I do like that Lady Denham has zero faith now in her in her nieces and nephew because of the fact how much Edward screwed up the uh, potential of being with Georgiana. So Lady Denham isn't going to let another potential match slip through. So she's taking matters into her own hands. It's hilarious because I think Lady Denham writing like this at least love letter to Babington trying to capture Esther's voice. <laughs> Sounds Well, I think funny. she didn't write as Esther. I think she wrote yeah. as herself and she's like... No, no, she wrote as Esther. Oh, I missed that part completely. Well, and yeah. it's so weird to me because we'll get into it a little more later. But like, I just think it's hilarious that Babington whole thing is he's like I love how you don't pay attention to me I love that you ignore me and rebuff me and are totally mean to me and then she responds and he's like ah yes it's paid off and I'm like I thought you loved being ignored what's your deal he's like trying to get really any hint that she's still interested and like the letter is the hint so he's happy yeah it's just crazy that I think he never like Throughout this whole process, I feel like he never experienced a moment of self-doubt that maybe she doesn't actually like him that much. Like, the whole time he's like, she'll come around. (laughs) So the sort of main event of this episode that all the characters are dancing around is this I, he- I hesitate to call it annual because I'm sure this is the first time it's ever happened because Sanditon is a new... I mean, what is it's annual? weird. It's weird because, I mean, Sanditon is new, but they talk about it as if, like, it's happened before. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is, like, a thing that's always happened. It's the, the famous cricket match between the workers and, you know, the gentlemen. I- I'm confused at how long it's been going on. Maybe it's the second time they've done it. It's definitely a thing. The rich gentlemen of the town play cricket, a.k.a. British baseball. That's what I call it call it against Mm -hmm. the laborers which in my opinion is probably a bad idea because the gentleman's whole thing is he stays inside all day and like writes stuff down and the workers are the ones who are actually in shape because they're doing manual labor all day yeah but then you could also say like gentlemen they have all the time to just play cricket and perfect their their strategy and their skill in it so it's sort of like people who have the practice but then people who have like the physical labor to really back up their game too so it's weirdly an equal match but I think like you kind of expect the gentleman to win just because like oh maybe they are more practice at this game yeah that's true pretty much every character's subplot is going to revolve around this game and one of the things that makes it really interesting is something we learned in the beginning is that tom parker is not fulfilling his promises the men have not been paid in weeks they're continuing to build new homes and new buildings in sanditon haven't gotten paid for it have begged for more help and tom has been promising them and has been falling short right because that's the big thing where young stringer is bringing those concerns to tom parker and even you know the threat is we won't show up to the game and that is the one thing where tom parker's like you gotta show up you gotta show up to the game when it's like okay a man literally got hurt and almost lost his life this is the thing that kind of wakes you up into like taking action is the fact that they won't show up to the game versus a man losing his life 
I wonder if that's just a very English thing in terms of like, it's about the reputation of it all, you know, like. It is. I think it's like not showing up to the game. Obviously, then it reveals way more to the entire town versus the the worker accident is sort of more contained to just the workers. There's only so much that Tom can keep under wraps before Stringer like delivers true. And like, I'm so proud like. I am team Stringer 10,000% in this episode because he is standing up to Tom and he's like flirting more with Charlotte. And because we hate Sydney, I'm just like, like forget Sydney and Mary Stringer. He's perfect in every way. Yeah, we do see more of Stringer in this episode. But again, he doesn't like outright express his interest in charlotte he's still just like circling around and he isn't sure like how to approach her basically so you think even one of his friends is like you know if you don't say anything she's not gonna know and he's like you'll see (laughs) like (laughs) i feel like he's just sort of coming into his crush on charlotte he's like let me see how i feel then i'll see how she feels because didn't they because they had that walk last episode where she was you know a hot mess she was really upset about sydney and he's like well let me walk with you why don't you talk to me so like i would just like like to list some of the admirable (laughs) qualities of young stringer he's handsome he's in shape good at cricket and as we will see later he does not mind a strong woman who beats him in cricket and he's a good listener so point 10 for young stringer and he's got a good job he's got a good job and he sticks up stand up yeah. Sticks up for his men, is a good son. He stands by his father. And let's not forget, he has other ambitions. We sort of are going to get to know him a little bit more. And he he wants to get out of Sanditon. He wants to be an apprentice and learn a trade in London. So another part of this game too, since Charlotte has been playing matchmaker in a way, is that she's setting up time really for Georgiana and Otis to meet in secret while the match is happening. So really, it's about getting convincing Miss Griffiths to and getting Sydney's approval to let them go to the cricket match and the hope is that kind of like in a moment where everyone's distracted Georgiana sneaks away goes and meets up with Otis and they get to have like the day together the afternoon together yeah I'm still kind of at a loss as to how Sydney puts as much trust as he does into Mrs. Griffiths because we are about to come upon not the first but the second time she's been outsmarted by a couple of 19 year old girls to meet a boy he's still like yeah whatever Mrs. Griffith says is law and uh, that's just the way it is like I w- if I were Georgiana I would hate Sydney's guts for that just like what my I'm like at your whim I'm at this lady's whim at least Mrs. Griffiths can be outsmarted yeah yeah the poor woman just like has one job and it's really tough for her <laughs> and then we kind of get into the game which Tom Parker is relieved when when he thinks that they're not going to show up yeah because um, there's a point do. where basic basically the gentlemen are like or what is what is his name crow is like back to the bar and then it's like they're all gonna leave basically so they've been waiting for a while mm-hmm. but yeah thankfully they show up and the match the match happens some f- moments that i would like to point out Babington almost loses. He's like an outfield. Like, I don't know what the positions are called, but he's like an outfielder for cricket. And Esther is out there talking to him and he almost like loses the ball just trying to talk to her. And she's like, isn't that the ball? Shouldn't you be playing this game? And he's like, oh, right, 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 right. And then he like throws the ball and like gets in the game. 
but doesn't really care because Esther's there. He's way too far out to be considered an <laughs> outfield, so there's no way he's even entertaining the idea of being in this game. He's really just there to be with Esther, which is nice because like, I think, too, in this episode, even though previously we've seen Esther like, really reject him and not give him the time of day, in this episode, this is where we do start to see a little more of them being together and Esther kind of being okay with being around him because there's that initial meeting again where he's like, thanks for the letter. And she's like, yeah, sure. Because she didn't write it. She doesn't want to be with him. Because of how much Lady Denim is pushing her, she does have to entertain at least looking like she's pursuing him, but finds that, yeah, he's actually not that bad. No, I'm really glad you brought that out because it's a good point. I feel like Esther has just spent most of her life being in love with Edward. So she's never allowed herself to consider anyone else. Mm-hmm. And when this jovial, because like Babington is very jovial. He's got a great personality. He's very happy. And Edward is like very broody and very sullen and he schemes and he he's never up to any good. And so that's what she's used to in a man. And so I think Babington represents a lot of what she never considered herself looking into. Now that everyone is like her her brother is saying yeah you should probably look for other marriage options she's like fine i'll consider babington and then when she considers him edward's like you're not really considering him are you you could do so much better than him and she's like well who he's a lord he's rich he's got property and he wants to marry me like what you're not going to marry me i i like that she sort of takes a she takes back some power from edward by considering him by considering babington she also opens up a lot more Like they go like basically a fight breaks out because Tom Parker like called something. And so then the win was going to go to the workers. Some kind of weird if they thought it was a bad call. But then that's the moment where Young Stringer is like, why you haven't paid us in weeks? And that's like the big reveal. And now everyone knows about the scandal that's been hidden under the rug, which is the fact that Tom Parker is supposedly leading this town, but hasn't been paying any of the workers. That causes like a big embarrassment, obviously. And so kind of some of the game breaks up. Before we go into that, I mean, this is where Tom and Mary finally talk about what's been going on too. Because Mary, from her perspective, she's like, you bought me this expensive necklace. You've been telling me everything's going great. You've been going to London and Sydney's been bringing his his gentleman friends like where's the trouble been it was hot out there tempest got freight that stop lying to yourself tom and stop lying to me you couldn't find the money to pay your men yet you can give me this i could bear anything anything if you had confided in me suddenly mary is now in the know of everything that's actually going on and tom has to be faced with the reality that he's not that good at this (laughs) yeah he's not good at running a town and yeah he's failing in a major and very public way now and the fact that it was in front of lady denim who's funding everything so she's like where is my money going yeah he leaves the game yeah that scuffle sets up a couple of things one Everyone foolishly believes that the scuffle is really about the rules, but it's about yeah. not getting paid. And I, I mean, Sid, this shocks Sydney. Like, he's like, oh, come on. Like, it's just a game, you guys. And he's like, no, it's not a game. We haven't been paid in weeks. And he's like, Tom, like, explain yourself. 
And so you're right. Like he finally, and I feel bad for Mary because she's like, how could you not confide in me? Like I'm your wife. How come you're not involving me? You know, I see both sides where she's upset that her husband is not being honest with her, but Tom has been too ashamed to ask for help because he's screwing this up so badly. And so when he leaves, they decide to continue with the game, but they're down a man. So Miss Charlotte Haywood steps up to bat, literally, and takes Tom's place. And I love that part because that's what... And also, like, Babington takes off, and that's where he and Esther have their little romantic walk or ride to that beautiful waterfall. Yeah, so technically they're down two people, but Charlotte is enough somehow. Yeah. Well, and it's great because she steps up and, like, Sydney's really annoying because she's, like, at home plate. I'm just going to use baseball. Sure, yeah, yeah. And we're going to figure it out. We're at home plate. She's bat. She's at bat. And Sydney's like, now remember, you need to like hit the ball and it's over. And she's like, I know the rules. And he's like, I'm just making sure you know the rules. And she's like, I know the rules. And then she hits it out of the park. She does a home run, which is, you know, that's all I know how to say. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knowing full well You're that I'm doing wrong great. about this. Thank you. And so she's like wiping the floor with them. She is so good at this. I love also that Stringer is into the fact that she's good at it. He's not one of those guys who's like intimidated by her success. He's like, wow, like what a woman. Well, I think that's where we see the difference between Stringer and Sydney because Stringer along the along every kind of thing that Charlotte presents or we that we learn about her, whether it's the architecture or jumping in to save his father or now this cricket, he's never, oh, you can do that. He's always just like, wow, like another great thing about Charlotte. And Sydney's just like, who is this farm girl and where did she come from and who does she even think? Like what? He's like confused. He's got question marks all over him versus Stringer just has like the heart emoji every time. That's a great way to describe it. It is during this time where Charlotte and Georgiana were both supposed to sneak off to meet Otis, but because Charlotte's too busy playing cricket, Georgiana sneaks off on her own and no one notices until the game is over. Charlotte wins them the game. So the gentlemen win, thanks to Charlotte. And then they're like, hooray, we won. Where's Georgiana? Yeah, (laughs) Miss Griffiths runs up and she's like, so, little bit of an issue. I know you're (laughs) celebrating, but I lost her again. (laughs) And he's like, well, where could she be? And she's like, I don't know. It's not like there's anywhere to go. It's not like she goes places. Then they like head back into town. And that's where they really start to freak out because they can't find her anywhere. And then Stringer comes in and says, Georgiana's been taken. Charlotte freaks out and she's like, what did the guy look like? Sydney's like, how come you know the questions to ask here? And he's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. She was just like waiting out by this building. Like people saw her waiting. And then two men like brought her in a carriage and then took off. Not only do we find out that she was going to break the rules to meet Otis, which is already a no-no. She was actually kidnapped by two Mm -hmm. men. We don't know who they are. No one like said it was Otis, but he was the only other person who knew where she'd be. And now we have a kidnapped Georgiana. Yeah, I think at this point we can only assume it's Otis just because we don't have more information. And it's kind of feeding more into Sydney's theory of like, Otis is a horrible guy. And now we're starting to believe that too because we're like, they were supposed to meet up and be happy and now she's gone. <laughs> That's not now great. she's kidnapped. She's not yeah. just like nowhere. Like they saw her get pulled into a carriage by two yeah. men, which is insane. So a couple of 
of we actually come to a, a head in a lot of our plot lines at the end here. So Georgiana's been full on kidnapped. In addition to that, Edward Denham is. Oh, we find out that Babington asked Esther to marry him and we didn't see her answer. We just cut away back to the game when he asked her and she was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Which was actually a really nice moment between them. I think you had mentioned it earlier, but they were like by like this waterfall or something. They were out in the forest. It was really nice. And like they're both enjoying each other's company and you're like, wow, this could really work out. And that's when Babington does ask for her hand and (laughs) Esther's immediate reaction is to laugh in his face (laughs) because it is a little it's very quick and it's Mm -hmm. very sudden so it does catch her off guard because she's like after one good conversation you're ready to marry me i think it kind of like plays into like a self-esteem thing with esther like i think she never because she spent her whole life chasing after edward i don't think she ever allowed herself to believe that someone actually could love her And so Mm. I think part of that laughter is her being like, oh, I like truly wasn't expecting this because I didn't think that I was worthy of real love. And so I think it's a lot of her figuring out her feelings about Edward and about Babington because she knows he's a really good option. But so we don't know what her answer is. And then we cut back to later back at the Denham household where he's like, you're not going to marry that clown, are you? Like, he's just really putting down Babington. Are you going to accept? Isn't that what you wanted? Is that what you want? In all honesty. He makes me laugh. I'd forgotten how that felt. I can do so much more than make you laugh. And I'm like, mm, I feel like laughter is always the thing that should like win out in the end. But, but he kisses her too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, then he totally like full on makes out with her in order to like confuse her. Like I hate that he's trying to manipulate her into loving him, even though he can never give her what she wants. Like that's what's so messed up about it. Like forget the fact that they're siblings, but it's because they're like step siblings or whatever. They will never be able to get married. Not that I think he even wants to marry Esther, but he wants her to want him. And so Mm -hmm. when he, he feels like he's losing so much power when she's like her head is turned by Babington that he's like trying to confuse her so that she doesn't love him. We leave off with Babington meets Esther outside her house and he knows it's bad news because he's like, am I not getting invited in? And she's like, nope. You still believe me, Shana? He proposed on a whim. It's hardly a sign of depth. Is this your honest answer? Without a shred of pretense? Yes, it is. I think that stings a bit, even though rejection is his whole thing. But, you know. It's rejection on a new level. Because I I think before it was sort of like this more courtship flirtation. But now this was like a formal proposal. This was like him literally getting down on one knee and her officially saying no to that. So that's not just like the game they've been playing. This is now like, oh no, I'm really being rejected now. Yeah, and also they shared a moment, you know, they had a really nice afternoon where they, mm-hmm. he real like he, he saw her layers because one of the things he told his friend earlier was the reason I like her rejecting me is because there's like a reason for it. There's something there, there's something to her. And so he's finally seeing what's beneath all those layers. And then really the last thing is that Lady Denham is frustrated by really everything that's going on around her and suddenly like kind of 
is about to collapse. She's not doing well. I mean, the woman drinks seawater every single day. So that's that's our, our dramatic ending is Esther rejecting Babington, uh, Georgiana getting kidnapped, and uh, Lady Denham being like, I feel faint. I don't feel well. Help me. So dramatic. So dramatic. We leave on like a ton of cliffhangers here. We've made some great progress between Stringer and Charlotte in this episode. We thought there was hope for Babington and Esther, but TBD on that. And I mean, really the great thing for me is that I'm just glad that Tom Parker's been exposed. His tricks and schemes of trying to hide everything have finally come to light. Not tricks and schemes, but you know, like yeah. he's just been hiding so much from everyone and even from his from his family. So yeah, he's he can't hide anymore and everything's out in the light. He's been hiding his own failure and hopefully now that the problems have been unearthed, people can get to help on helping him and he can work on allowing people to help him. But will he learn that lesson? Probably not. Tune in next week to see if there's any semblance of a happily ever after for any of our characters. 